growing up, I feel like I didn't have a voice. Like I didn't know how to express anything because like I just was like, whatever, I go with the flow. Mm. As I've gotten older, I realized that it's important to me to have a voice, like how I am and who I am. Like I need to express that. And what I love about the podcast industry is that people are able to express themselves. Like they are able to give their real thoughts and their real opinions on situations that are happening or even how they're feeling or whatever. And like, I enjoy that. You are listening to Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. You are listening to Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. I am your host, Terry Glenn Harris, and I have another incredible guest with me on this season, season two of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. As you can see from the title of this episode, my industry friend, I'm talking to someone who is in an industry of influence, someone who every single day when you listen to the radio or you look at YouTube or you scroll through Instagram or you hit that playlist on whether it be Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, whatever it is you're listening to, this guy has had some kind of hand in that work as he is in the media industry. But we're going to get more into that as we get into this episode. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast, my industry friend, Dexter Stuckey. That was incredible. Like that was an introduction there. <laughs> I really I mean, it's true. So on um, Dexter's podcast, Industry Friends, we'll definitely give you um, how to find that later on in the episode. But on his podcast episodes, he always has this thing where he talks about how he knows his guests. And I figured, well, I'm having Dexter on the podcast and the title of the podcast, My Industry Friend, is a playoff of his podcast, Industry Friends. So I might as well go ahead and for this episode, adopt his theory. So <laughs> Dexter and I know one another from a previous employer who shall remain nameless because they're not sponsoring this episode. <laughs> but we, we know each other from a previous employer and we sat together all before, um, was it before? It was, it was after, it was during the return to the office after the calm down of the pandemic, because we are still in a pandemic. Yes, we are. Uh, it was just when they were sending people back into offices. Dexter and I sat next to each other. And it was funny because we started talking and having conversation and we have a mutual friend who, in his words, strategically placed us next to one another. <laughs> but we had already started having conversations and everything before our mutual friend came and introduced us. Mm -hmm. So by the time he got over there, it was like, oh yeah, I know Dexter, I know Terry. We, we've already been having this conversation. <laughs> and our friend looked at us as if to say, oh, okay, that's, that's how y'all going to be. But he too is an Aquarius. So. He's an Aquarius too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was just a full circle. But we met um, at, a, at a previous employer where, you know, it definitely provided great relationship. And, you know, that relationship continued after the both of us 
left that employer and, you know, just continue to live our lives and do the things we wanted to do. So that is how I met my industry friend, Dexter Stuckey. And for those of you like, oh my God, what industry are you talking about? He is in the media industry. And he'll tell you guys more about that later, where he works, if he wants to share that. We'll talk about all that information. But as we get into it, my first question to you, Dex, is what was it or what is it that led you to get into the media industry? Um, so it's two things. One of them, um, very simply put, I think I like attention. I think that was one of the ones. But yeah. like realistically, though, like growing up, like I, I never thought I had a talent. Like I always like my siblings I have three siblings and my one brother's an artist. My other brother is 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 an athlete. And then my sister is like jack of all trades. So like they were always doing stuff when we were younger and I would just be there to kind of watch them. And like I would do the stuff that they do. Like I would be on the same little league team. I would be in the same art classes or whatever, but I just wasn't good at it. Like I was I would look at my stuff and I would look at theirs and it's like this is not a talent for me. You guys are putting me in this and I appreciate it, but I can't do it. And it mm -hmm. wasn't until I got to high school. Yeah, I was in high school and then there was like this show. It was like a multicultural show. And and I was and I liked Ryan Seacrest at the time. I still do. I like okay. Ryan Seacrest. And I asked, I was like, oh, can I host this show? And I really wanted to do it because it was my senior year and I wanted to step out of my comfort zone and do something that I've never done before. Mm. I hosted the show and I really felt like that experience got me bit by like this bug of like, I know my talent is talking to people. I like to talk. I know how to communicate like really well. And right. I know how to be entertaining to people. And like that turned into just me like trying to figure out what you do with that as far as a <laughs> profession, because like, like, sure, like you do this stuff. So you're good to go to parties and stuff like that. But then when I got to college, I went to the Lincoln University, the first HBCU. I went there and my friend was like, you should do radio. Like we have a radio show here, um, radio station here. You should do a show on there. Now at the time and even right now, I still feel like my voice hasn't quite hit puberty yet. So I'm always like, I don't know about that. He's like, just do it. Just try it. I tried it. And so from the first time I cracked the mic, like I was obsessed with it. Like, I'm like, I love this. I love the storytelling aspect of it. I love the fact that I can bring other people on to tell their stories. Like radio to me is like, I don't know, like water to other people. Like I needed to survive. Like I love the idea and aspect of radio and communication. And that's how all this stuff got started, honestly. So it's not that you didn't have a talent. You just had to find out what that talent was. Yeah, because like communicating and like talking and stuff like that, like that's really not like one of those things that you could see. Like when it comes to like, if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. People can mm -hmm. see it, like, not with, like if you if you can draw or paint, you can see that. Like if you're musically inclined, like you could see that stuff. It's not something that you could hide or anything like that. When I sung next to my sister, it was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So it was like, it's one of those talents that like you have and like, obviously not everybody can do it, but like you have it, but you have to discover that. Like, it's not one of those things that's just going to come. Very true. Because depending on the rooms you're in, what other speakers might be in the room, you know, you could feel, oh, do I not, mm -hmm. do I not measure up? But, but even back then, I didn't even realize that people had, I didn't even know stage fright was a thing. I never realized that. I never realized that people didn't like to public speak. I, I it was just never, it was just never like anything that kind of like came up. Like when people are like, you have to present, you get up, you go present. I never realized that people literally get anxiety about having yeah. to present. Never yeah. knew that. And, and it, like you didn't because it's in you. Yeah. Same thing like me 
all through school, I was, you wanted me to get up and say something, I could do that in the drop of a dime. No issue. But like, you don't realize, and I don't think most people realize, especially not back then, that that's a skill. Like that is something that not everybody can do. There are people who are not even willing to do that. Very true. Like, no, let, let them do it. I'm, yes. I'll sit over here and I'll write it out or I'll script it. Uh-huh. But I'm, don't turn the microphone on me or I'm going to get up and leave. <laughs> yes, 100%. And, and you witness it all throughout your life, like from childhood to right now. Like people do not want to do that. Very true. Very true. Some, some people honestly have declined the invitation to the podcast, not because they don't like it, because they're like, oh, I listen to your podcast all the time, but I'm, I'm not the one you want to have on there. I've had people do the same thing to me. A lot of people actually tell me that they feel like they're not interested. Like they're not like interesting enough mm-hmm. to like be on a podcast or whatever. And I'm like, every single one of us has a story. Yeah. Like everybody is interesting enough to be on a podcast. Trust me. Absolutely. Especially the way our stories connect. Mm-hmm. And when you're like, oh, wow, I went through that same thing. And, you know, vice versa, the person listening is saying, I've gone through that and you're like, mm-hmm. maybe I could have gone. Yeah, you, you absolutely could have come. Um, so as you as you just previously said, and as you often make it known, you are a proud graduate of the T-H-E-E, Lincoln University. Mm-hmm. How did your experience at Lincoln prepare you for the career you've decided to take on in media? It's really funny because this, I it just hit me that this is a full circle moment because if you would have asked me this previously, I'd probably have been like, it didn't at all. Because like after graduating college, it took me five years to get in, a, like a, an interview for anything in my field. But like while I was there, like from the beginning, I did the radio show and then they were like, we want you to produce other people's shows. So not only did I create my own show and run my own show. But I started to produce other people's shows and edit their shows and kind of script out their shows for them. Then mm-hmm. I decided that I want to do more to it, do more. So I started to do a TV show. Like I created my own TV show, which was kind of like The View. It's called Lincoln University Viewpoints. And they would, it was called Love, Lincoln University Viewpoints. And they would kind of like go over the hot topics of the day. And I produced that show. They did like some acting stuff, which was on NBC10. So like I, I was a part of that. Um, I started writing for the newspaper. I was the lead writer in the newspaper. I became the station program director. Um, there was like a movie in Philadelphia. They were like, we want some seniors to work on it. And I was hand selected to do that. The movie is called Safe with Jason Statham. So, and then the final thing that I think is kind of like the cherry on top for me is that they needed to hand select a senior. Now this isn't like a good claim to fame, but at the time it was a big deal. Um, they needed to hand select a senior to interview Bill Cosby because he was our commencement speaker. And I was okay. hand selected to do that. And like, they just gave me so much confidence. And I just knew like, I know what I'm doing. People respect what I'm doing. I'm really good at this. So like Lincoln University, like propelled me to a level that like, I, like I'm so grateful to that school. Like I, I, I still can't believe the opportunities that I had going to Lincoln University. And then outside of that, when I wanted to go to grad school, Lincoln University paid for me to go to Penn State University. So I'm just like, the school has done so much for me that I will forever be an advocate of HBCUs and the Lincoln University. It, it just that experience, like it, it <laughs> from a person growing up feeling like they have no talent to being one of the most sought after like voices on the campus, like that is is life changing. And you, you, you're a professional in in many ways. 
producing, hosting, just giving out advice, advocating that, that alone sets you apart yes. from so many who are like, oh, I have no voice. And it's like, no, you, you absolutely. You do. And it's crazy because a lot yeah. of those things at the time, like producing and editing and all that kind of stuff like that, like it was something that I did because I was asked to do it there, but those are things that are now making me money. Like right. even when I got into the industry, it's like, oh no, I have the skills to do this, that, and the third because I learned it at Lincoln. I did my first um, internship when I was at Lincoln at um, a radio station in Philadelphia. And when they were like, okay, we're going to teach the interning class how to work the boards. And I'm like, oh no, I can work the board with my eyes closed. Like I knew it already. And it was just kind of coming to this, into this program with people who went to Temple and Cheney and other schools and mm -hmm. them not knowing how to do it and me at Little Old Lincoln knowing how to run the boards because they drilled that stuff into us. Right. It was like, it's one of those things where like, again, like I, I just can't say thank you enough to like the professors at Lincoln University. And, and it's also ties back to you don't necessarily have to go to a school where that is, where that is the curriculum. Right, right, right. People think, you know, I have to go to a school that specializes in media or a like, school like, that specializes in performing arts. Like Syracuse. Syracuse is one of those. It's weird, though. It's funny because on the flip side of it, it's like you absolutely don't. And there's opportunities that are presented to you in other places, like going to Link University. You can still get those opportunities. I just feel like with us, we have to work a little harder. Mm -hmm. Like I always come across people in my industry who went to Syracuse and, I, and no, no knock against the school, but like, I feel like Syracuse is very expensive and a lot of people can't afford to go there. But those people do get a lot of opportunities fresh out of college, whereas mm -hmm. most of us, we don't get those. So like going to like an HBCU, you have to work, in my opinion, like so much harder. But when you get to that point, and not to say these other people don't work hard too, but when you get to that point, it is like, it, it's, it's like next level, like pride. Right. And it's still like you have to work twice as hard, be twice as good to get half the credit. So yeah. you, you, said, you said it, not me. <laughs> that, that can be a whole nother podcast for a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, so what do you feel has been most rewarding during your experience in media or your time in media? The most rewarding experience is... So when we were working together, it is because I left iHeart. Like I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I want to grow my career. It was really, it was really the pandemic because I felt like working at iHeart, like we weren't doing anything during the pandemic. Like everything was canceled. But the place where we were working, like they were making such changes, like doing so much stuff or whatever. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. And one of the most rewarding things for me was leaving and then having like literally every day, people were calling me and telling me they need me back at iHeart. Like, I want you to come back here. We need you to come back here. And for me, like, that was really impactful because it's one of those things where it's just like, you don't, especially when you leave a place, you don't really realize how much of an impact you had. And mm -hmm. when they were reaching back out to me, it was kind of like, no, like you were really impactful there. Like what you're doing here, what you always have done and what you've always wanted to do, it's important. And, right. and like, you're important in this business and in this industry. Wow. And to, that must have been um, very rewarding in itself to you to know that you left such a great impact mm -hmm. on that place that they are calling you like, hey, what do we got to do to get you back? Did, yeah. did you go back? I know the answer to this. Well, yes, I did. I, I mean, look, you know, they were doing what they had to do. So I had to, <laughs> I had to make yeah. the change. But, Absolutely. But, 
but it's also funny too because I remember and it was hard like um leaving and when I the other the job that we were working at together it was kind of hard for me because I, I had like built relationships and stuff like that and I remember the thing that made it easy for me and it wasn't even the money or anything it was really I was like this is the opportunity I can't like give up because it's one of those things where I'm like going back to something that I love in an elevated position which is all I really wanted in the first place right that leadership and that things that align with your goals mm -hmm. as you should so media has been a major for decades it, this isn't something new that you know we're just now finding out about it's been major for decades and during the course of the pandemic is when a lot of people seem to have turned and started paying attention to it whether it be through Zoom meetings or whether, you know, people started picking up more podcasts and listening to more or trying to find, you know, new things to do on YouTube. Like media has become huge in almost everybody's life since the start of that pandemic. So yeah. in your opinion, what tools do you believe has been game changers for media and have allowed people who normally would not have to gain access to media products? I think it's that, I think it's access. I think a lot of people, when they think about consuming products and stuff like that, they really look at like what's right in front of them. Mm -hmm. And I think during, and that's like a TV or a radio, like that's right in front of you. That's the media that I'm gonna consume. But I think that during the pandemic, it was like, I can't keep watching TV. I can't keep listening to the radio because it's right. it literally, you're telling me about, COVID 24 seven, I need an outlet, I need an escape. And I think a lot of people were on their computers 24 seven, it was just like, I can't keep doing these zooms, like what else is out there. And I think people start to find different avenues. Like there's so many people who are doing podcasts now, listening to podcasts now, there's so many people who are doing film projects now, they're doing YouTube now, they're doing TikToks and stuff like that. They found like social media, like there's so many avenues that I feel like were like looked at here here and there before, but they grew so much more because people right. were really tired of the same old, same old. Mm -hmm. Tired of hearing about the death toll and every day, like it'll be at the ticker. And it's like, come on. And I, you know, and I'm a person that loves to watch commercials. Like I'm I'm a commercial guy. Like I like to watch commercials because that's the industry that I'm in. So like I, I never had an issue with that. But during the pandemic, all the commercials about washing your hands and making yeah. sure you do this, I, like. I was exhausted and I know other people were too. Like it's very evident that we, pan, pandemic fatigue is a real thing for sure. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And I, that's one thing I think people need to respect. People are, there are still people who are not trying to go outside. And if they do, they are still wearing a mask. And for some reason, people want to ridicule them. And it's like, no. They're doing what makes them happy let or what makes them feel safe and comfortable. Yeah. If wearing a mask is what that is, then let that person be great and wear that mask. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm one of those people for sure. Yeah, as am I. I, I, I am, it's the pandemic that I don't think is over. Plus, like, the, we're in Philadelphia, so the gun violence or whatever. Like, like I know that there's this level of undiagnosed anxiety that I may be having now because like when it gets dark outside or when I feel like it's getting closer to being dark, I get in the house as quickly as, as possible. I don't like to be out when it's super dark outside. Like at certain times of the day, I just won't be outside. And and I live in a decent area. I just still refuse to be outside at certain times of the day. And also I don't like to be around crowds. Like I'm very like secluded now. And like, it's, 
it's different for me or whatever. And I realize that it's different when I have to be around people, even in a grocery store. And I'm like, oh, it's too many people in here. I gotta, I gotta right. go. I don't know what y'all got. And then yeah. I, I, I went two years without getting COVID. So like, I don't, I don't want that to be a part of my life. Right. Like you don't want to get it now. And and it's, it's, it's ironic because I too went all this time without it. And I go one place, one time mm-hmm. with no mask and I get it. Same and for I'm me. Like, you know what? In Mexico. I, I didn't get it here. I went to Mexico and got COVID. I'm like, well, mm. of course I did. <laughs> And it's just like, oh my goodness, how? And I, I was actually, I was angry about it. I'm like, I, I did all this for all this time, and you want me to do this one thing, and I do it, and I end up in bed feeling like I'm about to leave here. I think the issue for me was that, like, I I bragged about not having COVID because I was so careful about everything that I did, and I went on this trip, came back with it, and like when my wife told me, she's like, oh, your test is positive. I just, I, I froze. I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I completely get it. So not only do you host your own solo podcast, mm-hmm. however, as you said, you know, you also produce other people's platforms and you co-host a few others. Um, what do you love most about not just either hosting or producing or creating the content, but what do you love most about the podcasting industry? To me, like, I always feel like, and this is actually why I started the show Industry Friends. Like I said multiple times growing up, I didn't feel like I had a talent. But, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's deeper than just not not having a talent. Growing up, I feel like I didn't have a voice. Like, I didn't know how to express anything because, like, I just was like, whatever, I go with the flow. As I've gotten older, I realized that it's important to me to have a voice, like how I am and who I am. Like, I need to express that. And what I love about the podcast industry is that, and although some of us probably shouldn't, (laughs) I love that people are able to express themselves. Like, they're able to give their real thoughts and their real opinions on situations that are happening or even how they're feeling or whatever. And, like, I enjoy that. Growing up, I feel like I didn't have a voice. Like, I didn't know how to express anything because, like, I just was like, whatever, I go with the flow. Mm. As I've gotten older, I realized that it's important to me to have a voice, like, how I am and who I am. Like, I need to express that. And what I love about the podcast industry is that, and although some of us probably shouldn't, (laughs) I love that people are able to express themselves. Like, they're able to give their real thoughts and their real opinions on situations that are happening or even how they're feeling or whatever. And, like, I enjoyed that. Growing up, I feel like I didn't have a voice. Like, I didn't know how to express anything because, like, I just was like, whatever, I go with the flow. Mm. As I've gotten older, I realized that it's important to me to have a voice, like, how I am and who I am. Like, I need to express that. And what I love about the podcast industry is that, and although some of us probably shouldn't, <laughs> I love that people are able to express themselves. Like they're able to give their real thoughts and their real opinions on situations that are happening or even how they're feeling or whatever. And like, I enjoy that. Why would you think that? Why would you say that? That's your mindset. What mm-hmm. I do like about that is that it creates conversations it because does. Like, a lot of people don't know, especially there's a lot of guys that come out and they say things about women on podcasts and women like tend to hate it other guys hate it but people don't know that that mindset is kind of flawed or like questionable until other people say it to them you know you would never know because you if you don't express yourself you don't see how you feel you never learn anything 
Exactly. Exactly. And they're like, I'm always right. No one can check me on anything until mm-hmm. they say they make that statement and people are in the DMs or in the comments or someone who knows them personally checks them like, hey, that was... And it gives them the opportunity to think about it. Like, oh, maybe I don't feel that way. Or it gives them the opportunity to strengthen their, their debate skills. And they're like, no, this is why I feel that way. And you just right. never know whose perspective you can change. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like um, I, w- I attended this event the other day and the one of the moderators, uh, he made a good point when he said that persuasion is in the mind of the persuaded. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, so if I can persuade you to change your mind, <laughs> then, you know, there, there we go. Absolutely. So s- speaking of podcasting, and I remember when I was listening to an episode of Industry Friends. And you were speaking with, I, I believe it was Jason. I believe that was one of your guests. Mm-hmm. I want to say that was him. I could be wrong, but I believe I'm right. And you were talking about podcasters listening to other podcasts. Yes. And you two were going like back and forth on, you know, how you believe if someone has a podcast and you ask them, well, what podcast are you listening to? And they don't have any. It's like, well. How are you doing this thing? Because you're just in, you're in it blind, kind of. Yes. You didn't say that, but no, it's true. You're, no, um, you're in it blind. Um, Jason, it's funny because Jason and I actually created a show together. We do a podcast together, Bro Talk Live, and our biggest frustration is that people are always like, "Oh, put me on, put me on, or whatever," and we we can or we do or whatever, but they have no idea what the context that they're talking about, and mm. it's just like why would you even want to be a part of a podcast or do a podcast if you don't even know like what what are the ins and outs of it like how do you how do you in any any industry ever want to do something without having like some without like supporting other people who do it right like, it, it just it just doesn't make sense to me it's like you want to be an actor but you've never watched a movie before mm-hmm. like, <laughs> how did you come up with that and right. i do i do like though that people who are podcasting, I guess it looks cool enough to the people in the outside world that they want to do it, but it should be cool enough for you to listen to too. Like you should, and I'm, and I'm not saying everybody's podcast is everybody's cup of tea or cup of coffee. I should say um, <laughs> it, it is not though. So, but at the same time though, if you can't find anything out there that you like, I don't think that you should be a part of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Cause there, there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. You have society and culture, you have religion, you have music, you have love. You, mm-hmm. There's so many different genres for podcasts. It's kind of like music. Yes. yes. So many <laughs> different genres of music. If you don't like R&B, well, they got country, they got jazz, they got hip hop, they got rap, they got funk. Like It's the same thing when it comes to podcasts. So I would have to agree with you. You know, you have to listen to, to something. Yes. Why did you get into it? Did you get into it because you just wanted to hear yourself talk? Yeah. Like, like what is going on? So I, I do a lot of podcast consultations because like the, on the side, I like edit and produce podcasts. So like every mm-hmm. time I do a consultation, like that's the first question that I ask them. And anytime a person says no, I'm like, this isn't money that I want. Like I want mm-hmm. you to go back, go to the, the drawing board and like figure out what you want to do. And the main reason I do that is because if you're not listening to anybody else's podcast or anything like that, you're not going to be consistent with your own. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. I, I love it. I love your podcast. So 
I think I have more podcasts on my phone now. You, never mind. I'm not going. I have more podcasts on my phone than I have albums on oh, my. Oh really? Phone. Yeah, I was going to say that I have music, but that would be a complete and utter lie. You're a music guy, my now, yeah. But when it comes to full like, like I have, like I have industry friends on at the whole um, the podcast, not just episodes, but the actual show. Like, oh, see, I don't even do that. I listen to them one by one, and then I'm like, because because you know Apple with their space on the phones or whatever, I have to get rid of my podcast. But I just, I do, but I I am, I'm subscribed to so many people's podcasts. And like, I always- I guess that's what I meant, subscribe. Not like download it, because yeah, then I'll have no space. <laughs> some people do download their, their, their podcast though. Like I've looked at my parents' phone, they don't know what they're doing, but they subscribe to the show and like, they're all downloaded. And I'm like, yeah, I love you, but I don't need, this don't help me. We can get rid of these. You need the space. Yeah, so subscriptions are great. And that's what people don't realize when it comes to listening to your favorite podcast, subscribe to it because that is helping that podcast host when it comes to showing up at, on the trending sites. And, you know, it helps them get in the eyes of other people who listen to other podcasts and may not necessarily have come across theirs. So definitely hit that subscribe button and just you know the caveat if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet on this uh podcast go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me so that um i can trend amongst the greats when it comes to the podcast and, and with terry's podcast you guys actually won't be disappointed at all like i remember like so for me when i first met you and you said you had a podcast as soon as people tell me that I immediately need to know what the podcast is and I have to listen to it. And mm -hmm. I remember listening to yours and I felt like I got so connected with you through the podcast and like the way you ask your questions to your guests. It's, it, it's phenomenal to me. I think you do a great job with podcasting. Well, come on. I, I told you this before too, but coming from you, that is a, a <laughs> great honor, especially because you do this. It's in, not to take anything away from people who aren't necessarily in that industry. However, when you hear it come from someone who's A, passionate about it, B, has done it, C, produces others, and D, has their own, it's like, and they tell you, I enjoy yours and this is why, you can't help but feel good about that compliment. Yes, uh, yeah, yours uh, again. I love you. I think you did. A, you do a great job on the show. I really do. I appreciate, and I feel the same about industry friends, which is why I hit you up and was like, uh, "Yo, is it um, <laughs> is there gonna be?" An <laughs> but that that's an insider. We'll I'll tell you all about that later. Um, so speaking of industry friends, how did you come up with the name that title for the podcast? Where did like how did you just say, oh you know industry friends like that's that's the show name. So it's funny when I there was a girl who I worked with uh, her name is Brittany Payne she's married now so Brittany Benjamin we were working together at iHeart she ended up leaving and going to I believe Live Nation and okay. one day we were both at uh, Made in America the Made in America concert and we and we used and, um, we were talking and I was like. Uh, I was introducing her to my friends and I was like, oh, this is my old coworker. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We're not coworkers anymore because she left. And then she's like, no, we're industry friends now because we're in the same industry and we're friends. And that name, it just stuck with me. I'm like, I'm like, I like that name. I don't know why, but something about that name, I love it and I want to use it for something. And then maybe like four or five years later, I was like, that's my podcast name, Industry Friends. And I want to talk to different people in different industries. And then the purpose of the podcast, honestly, was to be that voice for people who didn't have it. Because like 
when I first got into the field, there's so many things that I wish I would have known, but nobody was there to tell me this stuff. And like, I don't want anybody else to ever go through what I went through in, in the industry. So I want to interview everybody, talk to everybody in every industry, get their ins, their outs, so that other people can listen to it and be like, you know what, let me make that pivot or, in, or connect with this person or figure this out or take that path because I want to be where this person is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it is about connection connection mm-hmm. communication all the c's <laughs> it's, it's like definitely that. about i think that is dope i i didn't expect that answer and then i, I definitely i definitely didn't expect five years later yeah it took maybe it wasn't five i mean i don't i'm bad with years the pandemic has really messed me up so i guess maybe three four years later but it was it wasn't right away like when i right. heard the name like it it stuck with me for a while it's like it's kind of like naming your kids. Like I don't have any children, but I know what I want to name my children because I've heard names that are like, "Oh, this is a good one. I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket." It's kind of one of those things. Mm-hmm. And, and even even if it wasn't five years, even if it was a year, or because you know sometimes we hear a great idea and we're like, "Oh, I need to do that now." Yes. And then sometimes it ends up being a catastrophe because it just <laughs> wasn't the time yeah. for it. Yeah. Versus you know, sit on it for a minute, think about it, pray on it put it in a book and close it. And if you come back to it, then, you know, move on it. So I think the fact that it wasn't the next day or the next year, and then, you know, it came about, I just think that's incredible. I think it would have been impossible for me at the time to do it the next day or probably even the next year, because I don't think I was confident enough to do a podcast by myself. Like I was doing um, the Bro Talk podcast, but that's with three other people. And it was easier Doing it by yourself, which is why another reason why I think I'm like fascinated with you doing your podcast, that takes a lot of confidence. And like, I don't think I would have been able to do start off by myself. Like I needed those other people around me. So like, it took me some time to get to the point where I'm like, oh, I can do this by myself too. Okay. And you absolutely can, because like I said, I love it. I was hungry and thirsty for more. And I'm like, well, I'm going to just have to go back and listen to the episodes I already listened to because I got to wait till next season. So, you know, I'm going to wait till next season, but I'm going to watch. It's like TV. Podcasting is if you liked an episode, you can always go back and press play on demand on that episode, no matter what you listen to it on, no matter what your, your, platform of choice is that's true you can always do it that's awesome so as we begin to wind down a few more questions if you weren't in the media business what business would you be in um um probably working at mcdonald's <laughs> okay <laughs> no um i think that if i wasn't in the media industry, I'd be doing sales, like a sales type of thing. Like, I think that like, maybe like, um, because like, even when I started first in this industry, I was doing sales, like the sales and marketing and all that kind of stuff like okay. that. I guess marketing is still kind of part of media, but like, I, I was more on that side and like, I'm pretty good at that as well. Like, I really, I like the idea and it's very similar to what sales and media, because like, it's one of those idea with ideas of communicating with people about a product that you have and making them want to either buy it or use it or whatever. And I, I think I'd probably be doing that. Okay. Okay. That's, I, I, I can see that, especially when it comes to relationship 
mm-hmm. building and, and talking to people and getting people to believe in something that maybe they wouldn't have before they talked to you. Yeah, I, I, I was, my first job out of college was in the wireless industry, like sales at Verizon and I worked at Sprint and like, I loved it. Like I had so much fun at those places, like selling cell phones. Like it was so much fun to me, but I mm-hmm. knew that's not what I wanted to do long-term, but I loved it. And like, I liked the idea of building up a clientele and all that kind of stuff like that. Nice, nice. And for those of you who are listening, if you're hearing Dexter and what he's talking about, about his his college career, and then, you know, as he moved into his professional career, he's done a couple different things, all of which he had passion for. So if you're someone who out, who's out there and you're thinking, oh, I can only do this because this is where I started or this is what my degree is in, I encourage you to try doing those other things because number one, there are so many people in this world who have degrees and they are not working in the mm-hmm. field that their degree is in. Not necessarily because they can't get a job there, but maybe they fell out, out of love with what they got that degree in. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I just wanted to put that out there. Oh, yeah. Right. So if you could interview one person from the past or the present, who would it be and why would it be them? So I don't really want to say this because then people are really not going to subscribe to my podcast. They <laughs> hate me. But I really would like to say, there's two people, actually. One of them is is Donald Trump. Okay. And I really want to sit down with Donald Trump because I want to understand that mindset that he has. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know a lot of people are like, they don't like Donald Trump or people like like love him or whatever. But at the end of the day, he's someone that like almost everybody has an opinion about. And I like to interview and to talk to people who like are fascinating people. He's fascinating to literally everybody. Everybody, he's polarizing. It's like so polarizing that it's just like, is this an act or Mm -hmm. is this real? Like, I want to know what makes him tick. I want to know the ins and outs of him. I want to know if he, I want to know what he likes. I want to know his interests. I want to know like the real person and not the character that's presented. Or I want to know, is this a character that you're presenting? Like, I want to know those things about him. Mm. And I feel like I could get a really good interview on him. Like, I think I, I, I think I would ask the right questions with him. I think and, would, I and I don't think people do now. I think people go into interviews with Donald Trump with one, either preconceived notions or the idea of making him look a certain way. Like some people try to make him look really good. And it's mm. like, strip all that away and just ask the man the, the questions directly. Right. And then, level at home questions. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other person is, is Little Wayne, because I feel like growing up, like Little Wayne was always like, in my opinion, like misunderstood. And I think this man does so much music and he communicates so much, but we still don't quite understand or know him. And I want to get to like the bottom of who Little Wayne is. Absolutely. And, and he's so intelligent. I think that's, yeah. I think that's a piece that you can't be. Luda Wayne's a hip hop artist. You can't be a hip hop artist and not be intelligent. Just like being a comedian. Comedians are some of the most intelligent people. That is a very interesting thing. You can't be a hip hop artist and not be intelligent. Because I can give you a list of some of them that I'm like. No, but are they hip hop artists or are they rap artists? What's the difference? So you have Jay-Z, you have Lil Wayne, you have... T.I., you have Nas, who are, who are hip-hop artists. Okay. And then you have Quavo, you have 
um, his his fellow buddies, the Migos. Okay, then yeah, I I agree. You can't be a hip hop artist and not be intelligent. I I, I do agree with that. The rap artists are the ones that are like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't unsubscribe if you happen to like one of those. We're not down in anyone. We're just giving a compare and contrast you so. follow them on instagram you know that they write and they don't use punctuation like they're just not you know <laughs> like you know <laughs> oh man okay so so donald trump and, and lil wayne are your are your interview people and mm -hmm. i i can see both of them uh being on industry friends and having great interviews mm -hmm. with with you know the dr stucky because <laughs> i know i would listen i'll probably save it and then play it again and as I'm waiting for the next season of Industry Friends <laughs> to come out, which I'm hoping is very soon, but I can't rush it because, you know, it it, it was this year that I I heard you know the season. So, oh, yeah, I did I did put them. So I do when I do Industry Friends just because I'm it's a sickness. I have like I'm doing like so many podcasts now, and I like to give them all like their own kind of like specialized attention and everything. So when I do industry friends, I roll them out in like a season. So like, I like it like, like a binge binge listen kind of thing. So I'll put them all out at the same time and people can kind of just go through them and listen to them versus doing like an episodic one. And I just feel like for that specific show, it works out a little bit better. That makes sense. And, and that's what I'm even trying to, you and I had this conversation. That's even what I'm trying to figure out with season two. Well, by the time you hear this, you would have known what I did. <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to figure out uh, what to do with season two. But that, that's, you know, neither here nor there. So what are you grateful for today? Um, opportunities. Like, I'm super grateful for opportunities because, like, and I and I don't even like to say it just, like, as a Black man or whatever, but, like, I am, like, a Black man from the South. And I just look at how so many people in the South are being treated and so many people in the South, like, how things turn out for them. And I, I'm super grateful for the opportunities that have been placed in front of me, the things that I've earned, the, the abilities that I have. Like, I, I don't take any of this stuff for granted at all. And, and truthfully, even being asked to be on this show is like something that I'm grateful for because it shows that someone's interested in hearing something that, that I have to say, like, that's a big deal to me. And it's absolutely true. And I'm not the only one who's interested in what you have to say. You can just <laughs> ask your subscribers who subscribe to your other podcasts, which I'm sure is not a small number, but you know, Dexter is, you know, very humble. So he's not going to tell y'all, I'm not even humble. I'm like so cocky. It's ridiculous. But it's just like in moments like this, like the humbleness like jumps out and I hate it sometimes. Like drives me crazy because I like to be cocky. Mm. It's the Aquarius. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my wife and I, we, we do this thing where if we go somewhere and mm -hmm. there want to be games played, she already knows we're only playing to win. If we're not playing to win, there's no point in playing. I'm not playing for fun. I'm so, playing. It's funny. See, that maybe this is an Aquarius thing because my wife and I, like, when we invite people over for game night, we're like, come over, whatever, so forth and so on. This is what the menu is, so forth and so on. And just know you will not beat us in a game. It's not happening. Yeah. And we're so not. serious about that. Like, we don't lose. And, like, like our cousin, she, um, my wife was recently did uh, a talk and mm -hmm. they did a raffle and she won the raffle. So my cousin texted her, like, you and Terry always winning. And it's like, yeah. Now you can't, you know, the odds just have to be in your favor with the raffle because it's literally a random wheel spinning and your name pops up. But like, especially Taboo. 
taboo is my speed. I can't be beating taboo. Like we we have to play taboo because like it's that is <laughs> me and my wife together on taboo. It, I it's it, we are like here. Like, yes. <laughs> like people are like, oh my, how did you get them to say that? And it's like, break it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, for for the last question. And this is something that I've decided to do in season two with every guest. So every mm-hmm. guest who is on this um, season will be asked this same question at the end of the episode. So what is one thing you wish people knew about you that most people may not know about you? Um, I think the thing like lately that has been really like kind of getting to me a little bit is that like perception i wish that people knew like me how i know me because like there are certain things that people would say about me and about my characteristics and stuff like that and they would make like an assumption about like who i am or like or like how i feel about things and i don't like that like i wish that people knew how much that bothered me really and like knew like that like i i want to define my own personality like i don't want anybody else to do that for me like i want people to like understand me and I think that's my biggest thing like I just want to be understood and also like acceptance too like I think it's really important to accept people for who they are without Mm -hmm. putting your own preconceived notions on them like that is something that is like lately it's been like when people tell me like oh what because you would do this or you would do that and it's just like please don't ever do that to me like I don't like that like it drives me up a wall okay I like that I like that. And, and it's that's not something that most a lot of people are comfortable with admitting. No. But but most people though, they don't like for instance, like I do think that a lot of people see me and they think that I'm and I I mean I am not gonna lie to you, I'm not super confident or whatever and not cocky or whatever, but I, I feel like people have this thing sometimes where they feel the need to try to humble me. And it's like, believe it or not, like when I need to be humble, like I am very humble, but like that's not a 24 hour thing for me either. Like there are certain times when I know like I'm that guy, like I'm okay with that. And I know I did amazing at something and I'm okay with admitting that too. But like this idea of having to humble me, it's like, guys, like that drives me crazy. Please don't do that. <laughs> like, because it doesn't work. It just makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I understand it. And I respect it. <laughs> so with that being said, um, the first thing I want to say is thank you again for your time and for, you know, being on the podcast with me today. And, you know, just tell the listeners, you know, what you're working on, how they can get connected with you, where they can hear Bro Talk and Industry Friends and any of the other projects that you are working on right now. So um, I am on social media and on Twitter, I am at Industry Friends. And then on Instagram, I am at Dex, D-E-X, Stucky, S-T-U-C-K-E-Y. And then all my podcasts can be found in the bios in both of both of those uh, pages. But if you're in the Philadelphia area and you're familiar with Patty Jackson, I'm on her podcast, Patty and the Millennials. If you're familiar with Mina Say What, I'm on her podcast, Mina's House. I do Bro Talk Live, which is every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. We're on YouTube. We do like a live Facebook feed, which is really fun because a lot of people get in there and do like live comments while we're talking. Industry Friends, um, the next season is going to be out in January. And yeah, like, and if you need some services, like I do offer podcast editing services. I do free consultations. I think that's, I think that's everything that's going on with me. And if you want to get in contact with me about any podcast services or anything like that just email me at industryfriendspod 
at gmail.com. So make sure y'all again, go ahead and push on that subscribe button so that, you know, we could be viewed and other people can get the experience that you have received here today. If you need, you know, some kind of advice, if you need any kind of coaching, things of that nature, don't be afraid to send me an email at beyond the coffee table at G or I'm sorry, at outlook.com beyond the coffee table at outlook.com. And if you want to follow me, go ahead and do so on social media on Instagram. I am at Terry Glenn Harris, same thing on Twitter. And yeah, thank you all for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I truly appreciate each of you. And I don't take a single moment that you've spent with me for granted. And all you do, be sure to do it with respect. Remember, the key ingredient is love. And until next time, I wish you nothing less than peace. You are listening to Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast.